This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Oh, good God. It's finally time for the Decibel Geek Podcast. Chris, are you with me? I am. And uh, yes, you are hearing this on a different day this week. As I announced on the Facebook page, we have changed our release day. And there's a reason for that. There's actually a number of reasons for that. But from now on, Wednesdays will be the day. So it'll be like you're... Your midweek remedy for, you know, it's rock and roll. You need it by Wednesday, right? Yeah. I mean, Wednesday's a good day because God knows you know it and I know it too. Work can be hell sometimes, yes. man, and it's been hell on us lately. But, you know, Wednesday's a good day, I think. You, you really kind of need that. You know, we, I think when Monday Monday was good to kick off the week, but I think you really need it more by Wednesday. You need that push to get you over the yeah. uh, proverbial hump. This is Yeah, that's your hump day rock show. And, uh, there you go. And, yeah, as I mentioned in the post on Facebook, you know, family stuff comes first, and, uh, you know, wife's going back to college. And so, you know, I, papers are due. I can't put my wife's uh, college behind the oh, show. Man. There's all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit going on in our lives, but you know, that's what the Chris and Aaron shows for. And that's on the VIP. So if you're a member of VIP, you're going to get the inside story yeah. of us moving to Wednesday, the inside story of us being dead ass tired today <laughs> and uh, all that good stuff. If you're in on that, we got a new verses lined up for the uh, VIPs and all that good stuff. If you're not in on the VIP stuff, check it out. This week, as you can tell, we're both kind of out of it. You yeah. know, it's just been one of them crazy, crazy weeks. And we know you guys experience them as well, wherever you are. And so we don't even have the Geeks of the Week together. No. We don't have an iTunes review together. I no. mean, you, what's what's eight, do we know what HK Collectibles Inc. has got going on? Yeah, our friend Daryl Albert at HK Collectibles Inc. has some pretty cool stuff that he's added recently, uh, including... A ticket from a Who show in Glasgow in 1976. Oh, wow. And this is cool. Led Zeppelin at the Seattle Kingdom in 1977. How cool is that? Where else are you going to get shit like that? Wow. It's pretty cool. There's so stuff. much cool stuff on there. If you go to Amazon through our link at decibelgeek.com, just take some time to check out all the stuff that Daryl's got there because, man, he's got a ton of it. Type in the name of your favorite band, and you might even find the ticket to a show that you might have attended Possible. But, but lost the ticket to, you know, and then you could get it back put it in a frame hang it on the wall mm-hmm. conversation pieces right there rock and roll absolutely. i love it absolutely and yeah the, the, we don't have geeks of the week this week or the itunes review but please guys please forgive keep, us keep, <laughs> forgive us and please uh continue sharing and retweeting the show and leaving those itunes reviews i will be back with more of that stuff next week it's just yeah, honestly we'll, guys we'll between get our and shit me, together it's been the week from hell for me so <sighs> i agree i will be too. back in full force next week but uh hey at, we, at least at least our cycles are together yes. right yeah, i know <laughs> we spend so much time together our lives go to shit together now so (laughs) but there is one thing that keeps me hanging on you know through this week has been hell for me i know it's been hell for you too but the one thing all week long that's helped kept me holding on to dear life you know and know that there's light at the end of the tunnel is the fact that the brand new iron maiden album book of souls comes out this week yep and so we decided you know what better way to celebrate something so momentous as that than with a full-on iron maiden discography discussion yeah and so we've got an expert on board oh yeah we do so i guess let's quit messing around and get right to it with our good friend and yours billy hardaway talking about iron maiden 
drop on us all. So today we wanted to take a look at some Iron Maiden history, and who better to teach us about Iron Maiden than, you know, and it's beautiful because we got an expert in-house, and it's Billy Hardaway. Billy, thanks for coming on the show with us, uh, man. I'm sorry, guys, but I thought we were doing Iron Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my one Iron Butterfly EP. And the one that's got Inagata DeVita on it? Yeah. Yeah, just so, the one. So we're just going to talk about the one. I made a mix CD, and I have it on there like 55 <laughs> times, and it's like 60 minutes long. I was going to say, you were expecting to talk for 15 minutes and be done. But right. since you do throw this maiden thing at me, I'm I'm good. I, I think, think I can remember okay. all that all that stuff. I wasn't too high during the eighties. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Awesome. And, and just well with Anthrax, I knew quite a bit about them. But with Judas, this is going to be similar to when we did Judas Priest. I am a fringe fan of Iron Maiden. It's a shame. I, I had a couple shame, albums shame. growing up. I never got deep into the. I was one of those Kiss fans where like Kiss was the whole world to me, and then a handful of other bands, but. Maiden just never was really on my radar. So I've gone through and I've been listening to their stuff lately and I'm really into it. But we want to get some like cool stories and facts and stuff straight. And Billy is, he's our unofficial research person. Totally. And the, he's our corrections department. That's totally true. <laughs> we keep him very busy. <laughs> and uh, he knows a lot about Iron Maiden. So uh, I just thought we would just go through the whole history of the band, like the, cat, the studio albums. We're not going to go into live albums today. But, um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, how, well, let's start with this. How did you get into Iron Maiden initially? Well, you know, I'm like 46 years old, so some of this stuff is a little hazy. Yeah. And I, I grew up in a little West Texas cow town, so it, it wasn't on the radio. I can guarantee you that. Right. No. So probably one of my older friends probably was playing something off of Killers or maybe the first album somewhere, and I might have just heard it but not really known what it was. Mm -hmm. But... I do remember the first time I was in a record store, an actual record store, right. uh, and I saw the Number of the Beast album cover. Yeah. Uh, and I was probably about 12, 13 years old, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but you so, still wanted it, though. But I, yeah, of course I wanted it. But yeah. then probably one of my older friends uh, probably knew who they were because he was already listening to the two albums. Right. And so... The the thing about the first two is is I really don't like Paul Diano, but the reason for it is is that I heard Bruce first, mm -hmm. and at by that time I was into singers like I was into Journey, you know Paul Stanley, high register, the high register, yeah. good singers. My mom was a singer, so I was into like singing, not and and punk I hated. So oh, okay, any anything towards like punk I hated. So. But I do like some of the songs off the first two albums, but I just prefer when Bruce Bruce Hills them. But yeah, and I do remember even up until my my fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old years old when they did start showing the number of the beast video on MTV, mm -hmm. that video still creeped me out a little bit because of all the <laughs> oh, devils yeah. Yeah, all the devils <laughs> swinging around. I mean it it didn't like give me nightmares and stuff, but all right. I got involved in little in the dark side stuff and it did it kinda like freaked me out with the, oh, yeah. the imagery and stuff, but Interesting. All right, so awesome. I think I'm the same way. You know, yeah. uh, the first maiden I was ever introduced to was with Bruce Dickinson, mm -hmm. and so I didn't he, for a long time. I didn't even know there ever was a different singer than Bruce. You know, and then when mm -hmm. I did finally go back and listen to them first couple albums, it didn't hit me the same way. And I got to oh. think that most people probably have that same experience. Right. Yeah, I think it has to do with your age. Yeah. You know, if you were older and, and discovered Maiden on the first album, 
then yeah, you're gonna love that stuff. Right. right? And yeah, it all you know, I know, I know fans them. that are like that. But yeah, and that's true for anybody. Yeah, it's usually if, when you were 12. It's typically whatever you're listening to when you were 12 is what tends to stick right, with yeah. you. Sure. Um, but the, all right, so why don't we just start with the first album? This is Iron Maiden's self-titled album, released April 14th, 1980. Um, I don't know the. You know, it and produced by Will Malone, and I'm sure some people would say produced badly by Will Malone. Um, I don't know what. It, let's get everyone's take on the first album. Well, for one, I pride myself on having full collections of music, and honestly, I hate to say, but I do not own this album, and I never have. You don't no. own it? No, it's the only one I don't own on vinyl, CD, or anything. I mean, there's some great but, songs on it. Charlotte the Harlot's yeah, awesome. Yeah, some great songs. Running Free, Family we, Opera. We played Iron Maiden a couple of weeks ago. That's yeah. a great song. The, I, the I fact like that it. I can hear them on one of the live albums with Bruce is is enough for me. I don't really think that that I'm ever, I would ever pull the CD out to listen to it. Yeah, and didn't so. didn't they record new versions of some of these early songs with Bruce? Yeah. I've I've all heard that for some B sides and stuff. I yeah, there's some B sides. There was like a best of B sides that came out at yeah. one point. There, and it might have been in that big Iron Maiden box too that yeah. came out in the '90s. That was like, I saw it one time at Phonolux and it was like 300 bucks. But like, wow. it's, it's just surprises okay. me for Maiden to be basically your favorite metal band that that you wouldn't have some love for those first two records. It's it, like I said, it's it's the vocalists. I mean, but musically, even you have to like yeah, some but of it. even musically. I guess maybe because I heard those songs live because they're only on the live albums with Bruce. So mm-hmm. even then the music is different. Yeah. So and I'm the I'm the kind of guy that it's very rare that I hear a live track that's not better than the studio track. Mm-hmm. So to me, I mean Live After Death is to me, you know, one of the greatest live albums of, of all time. And right. Yeah, you put sure. that you put that up against those live versions of like Wrathchild and stuff like that up against Paul Diano studio tracks right and i just think you're fucking dillweed if you're gonna say that diano's better <laughs> oh i'm not saying he's, he's but he's there's not there's a reason why he's not made in singer well, he's, right. he's, he can't even get into the country he's not God a better forbid, singer but, but he had his own sound I yeah mean, yeah he, but he was unique it um, was it was just too punk for me and i just wasn't into all that which stuff which i kind of like so do you the mix like, of punk with because well, we've kind of talked about this with like the motley crew 94 album where that's kind of like a different band Almost completely. I skipped that too, though. You, I didn't even you? listen to that till y'all started talking about it. Yeah, I knew about it. I had heard Hooligans all day. Probably saw the video, but without Vince Neil, mm-hmm. I really wasn't interested in Motley Crue. Right. And now, even with Motley, with Vince Neil, I'm not interested in Motley Crue. No, me neither. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, I don't know. If I was listening to Phantom of the Opera yesterday, that's a pretty epic song. I was tempted to play that on the yeah. epic. Episode. Some of them might be, and I. I admit there's there's times where I might need to revisit them. It just all depends on the mood I'm in. Right. But this is this is one thing though with me where if I put them on shuffle, you know, if I put them all on my iPod and hit shuffle, it's gonna throw me for a loop if I hear a Diano voice yeah. coming up when I'm when I've heard like five or six huh. Bruce Dickinson songs. So there's I gotcha. there's things like that that I can't mix in. That's the same way well. I am with uh, Van Halen on my iPod. Yeah, you exactly. know, I, I got to keep the Sammy Hagar and separate from Roth. Roth separate. Yeah, not oh, taking really? anything yeah. away from the eras, but you're right. I mean, but to listen to it all together on a shuffle, yeah, you know, it's it weird. goes from Dave to Sammy, Dave to Sammy. It just it oh, doesn't yeah. it roll yeah, right. It's, it's just well, it's just not right because it is like a different band. So even on my iPod, yeah. I've got the the uh, first two Maiden albums under Paul Diano on there, so I got it separate from. That's the- what I do with like Dio. Like I put a bunch of Rainbow and stuff on there, and I have like all eras of Rainbow, and then 
even the Black Sabbath, but mm-hmm. to get the Dio stuff together, I changed it to iTunes right. and put it all under Dio, so right. that, so that I don't get like Joe Lynn Turner. You know, I don't get sure. like Street of Dreams thrown in with Kill the King because it's they were all different bands and different sounds, and they don't they don't really go together real right. good. You know, that's really why things like that never last that long. You know, yeah. So, so you're not you, two albums though. So you're not into like a hard rock Jack FM type format. You want what you want. You want to stick with one thing and yeah. stay with it. Yeah. Okay. So we go. To, I do take requests, but if I don't like do. them, I'm going to tell you to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So let's go to Killers, released February second, nineteen eighty one. Um, this is one of my favorite album covers of all time. I think it's one of the best album covers. Ever. Yeah, it yeah. Is this awesome. is I think where Eddie first. Yeah, the first album cover it looks into, a little. I don't know. Goofy. It looks like a fifth grader drew it. Yeah, it looks like the first draft of what became Eddie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, and this is the other Paul Diano album, and I, I think it's produced much better. I think musically, it sounds it has a better sound to it. Um, it's not nearly as raw as the first one. No, and I don't think the songs as a whole stand up to the first one either. I mean, there's some great songs here. Wrathchild's amazing. Yeah, Wrathchild is good. and uh, Innocent Exile you know, is good. Purgatory is good. Yeah. Killers is good. But, yeah, there's a lot of filler, and it's not killer. I think Murders Wobbly in the Room say. Morgue is a great movie. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty yeah, good Yeah, but movie. I always get that mixed up with the Wasp song, Murders in the Room Morgue. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Genghis Khan's pretty good little instrumental. Mm. See, it's an instrumental. You can like that one because there's no Paul Diano on it, right? Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to sell him on these two albums. I don't know. Honestly, with these first two, just from what I've listened to recently, you know, really trying to get into these, I don't know. I kind of like how I kind of like how adventurous they were with it, though. Because I mean, and what I'm saying is adventurous. Somebody else like you might say, "Well, they weren't being adventurous. They just didn't know what the hell they were yet." Well, they weren't. And the thing is, is nobody else was doing them. This is the same thing that everybody says. Like, like Motorhead has said it at one time. We, Judas Priest said it. I mean, we didn't do this to start something. It just happened. Right. Right. You know, yeah. they're just doing something different. And it caught on. Right. And then everybody started rehashing it in different ways, and it evolved into everything else. Maiden, to me, and Priest, but I think Maiden gets is up there a little higher for me, is is really what metal was in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And everything that has come since has evolved into other forms of metal. That's where the tree starts splintering. But it all ties back to probably Maiden and Priest from right. 80, 81, 82, you know? Yeah, well, they're the benchmarks. So, yeah. Yeah. Because that's really where the two-guitar thing took off. And I honestly don't think that a band is really, really good, can be called really metal if they don't have two guitars. Yeah, but I, well, I, I give Thin Lizzy a little credit for the two-guitar thing before I... Yeah, but they weren't metal. No, they were not. They're not a metal band. Um, Get your genres right, dude. Hey, <laughs> subgenres. Um, no, I mean, but well, all right. Well, before we leave Paul Diano era Maiden, because I know you're not a huge fan of that, but what do you think would have happened had he stayed in the band? They would have broke up, and we wouldn't. They wouldn't be you around think, together. I mean, they they might have gotten through one more album, but I don't think so. And they would have broken up, and just because and they would have gone and done something else. Yeah, because Paul Diano was insane, okay. right? They. Got rid of Diano because they had already seen Bruce. Right. And they were already thinking about 
replacing him. Replacing yeah. him, and they were already thinking yeah. that Bruce was going to be the guy to replace him. Cause right, because Bruce was in Samson. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so and they toured together. And Paul was a loose cannon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, but, I mean, and Steve and Harris violence. hates punk music. Yeah, yeah, he's made Supposedly. That very, very clear over the years. So, yeah, um, no, but I'm saying dysfunction aside, say they got along with the guy. What kind of stuff do you think? I they think done? I think they still would have died out because it just yeah. wouldn't have been. Uh, well, I think yeah. at, the, at the if that had happened with Diano, yeah. Priest would have would have passed him. Yeah, in the fast lane and. Uh, priest would have taken over and they would have kind of fallen to the wayside and, and gone away. I know there's going to mm, be some so. some early Maiden fans that are going to have an issue with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't hate it, but again, I you know, I, gotta, I still think with Diano's with, with ego, he had, he early on would have wanted to start doing things on his own. Yeah. And he would have cut off to go do solo He's stuff really or whatever. And yeah. no. And uh, he was always into his own thing. That was one of the disconnects between him and the rest of the band in the first place. So, okay. It, yeah, they would have, it would have never happened. Right. Well, it so. all works out for rock and roll and heavy metal in the end because that brings us to our next album, which is the first one with Bruce Dickinson. And, man, one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah. All I, time. I closed out last week's show with Hallowed Be Thy Name. This yeah. is a Christian album, right? Number of the Beast? Yeah. We, the first I, Christian heavy metal band. Yeah, let's let's get into this because we, we, we were Billy came to my party yesterday and we got, we got into this bit because I was telling him that my memory of, of Iron... This album was my earliest memory of Iron Maiden. Was when the was when the video for the title track came out. Yeah, I was I was one of the first kids on my block to have MTV, and we stayed up late at night, me and my friends, and this video came on and scared like you, it scared the shit out of us. Yes, I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen, and then I remember not just my parents, but almost everyone I know's parents were just freaked out by this band. And, you know, well, when the the chorus is six six six, the number of the beat, like people don't read into the lyrics all the way. They just right. they take what they hear and they go, oh, satanic. Well, they never do because they're yeah. afraid that if they hear the lyrics, they're going to be put into some trance and go yeah. go kill a goat somewhere <laughs> yeah. in somebody's backyard. Mm. So, but yeah, so I brought this up to you yesterday and, and you were like, no, it's not not about them being satanic at all. If you, if you, and we'll talk about this when we get to the albums and the tracks. Yeah. The thing I've always loved about Maiden is they're like storytellers, but the stories are true stories. They and a lot of it is from history, and the Bible is a part of history. Yeah. They yeah. take things from history books. I mean, uh, Run to like the Hills, okay? Way. Run to the Hills is about the Indian right. in America. Right. These guys are from England. What the fuck do they know about the Indian War in America? Well, they read it in history books. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? If 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 the Indians had have had this song behind them while they were getting shot up by the cowboys in the 1800s, they might have kicked their ass, and yeah. we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it. Because this is a badass, <laughs> badass song. Yeah, it so, is. So, yeah. you know, it, it's history. That, I mean, was the, you can, that was my first Maiden. It's was a history the thing. Hills. Yeah. The yeah. Prisoner, I mean, it's from a movie. Yeah. You know, and it's a story about a guy from a movie. Um, Children of the Damned is a story. Oh, I love that You know, song. from way back in the, in the 1600s or something like that. And, mm-hmm. I mean... You know, 22 Acacia Avenue is about a prostitute's address, and who hasn't been there before? Uh, so, I mean, it's all it's all history. And such a revealing episode about that's Billy. that's the thing though is bands know that if they were just to come out and and you know put Iron Maiden number of the Beast and you know text 52 font or whatever with with just a blank cover, nobody was going to listen to it. Yeah. So it's the cover art. Back in the day, for you young people that that 
don't know, there used to be something called album covers right. that you could actually see. Yeah. Old. And that, like I guarantee you, when you first got into music, like me, is what attracted you to buy albums. Oh, sure. Because we had no way to preview these nope. damn things to right. hear if they were any the good. Yeah, that's I think so, speaks to why we're all Kiss fans. Yeah, yeah I mean, visual I sure. honestly can say probably. I mean, I know y'all are gonna hate me, but if it wasn't for the makeup in the beginning, uh-huh. I would have thought Kiss sucked. See, yeah. and I probably would have never got into Kiss without it either because I was a small. But kid. I was eight years old. But that's oh, right. the reason why eighteen-year-olds and twenty-year-olds weren't into them, right? Because they were thought they were for kids, right? So yeah. that's just the disconnect. It's a generational thing. So yeah, you know. It's not so, good. It's not bad. It's just the way it is. Not like Iron Maiden back then, where they definitely thought it's this is not for children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The cover of this album is. I mean, it's one of the most striking ones, and it definitely goes oh, jump, jumps out and grabs you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I just remember a lot of public outrage over. Oh God, look at these satanic guys and Iron Maiden and everything. And the rumors would get started. It was a different time because now everything you can look up on the internet. Well, sure. I went and saw Bon Jovi a couple of years ago too, not to get off track, but there was people processing that too. Bon so. Jovi. Yes. Wow. Really. Yes. Housewife pro- protesting. I don't. Know. I don't know. There was a guy with a loudspeaker throwing Christian things out there and saying that that was bad music and all this stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. I just bon laughed Jovi. at him. That's not. I just stepped yeah. out of my time machine, and I'm here to save the people of the future. Right. <laughs> Slippery when wet was 30 years ago, dude. Right. We're past it. Dang. Oh man. No, but I mean, I thought we would go through each album. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if you wanted to go through like all the track listings and stuff, but I well, mean, well, just we could hit the good ones. I mean, yeah. Well, as, what, what as far as me, like Iron Maiden. I mean, it's not a perfect album. There's there's a couple of duds, I think. But I mean, as far as a metal album. It's it would be in my top five of really? all time yeah, for, they're, for they're, everybody. There isn't I mean, too much is, on this album. I don't it's like. It's not that the album is perfect or not. It's just this is the iconic metal album that kind of is responsible for spawning everything that we want to call metal after that. Right. Yeah. Anybody in any metal band from Metallica, Slayer, uh, you know, Foo Fighters, anything. That where they think they're called metal, mm-hmm. at some point in their life they will reference that this album changed something in them, right? You know, and made them want to do something. Yeah, it was so the, the devil taking over their soul. yeah. <laughs> and you know, my my uncle had goats, so I could just go sacrifice See? a goat whenever the hell I wanted. You could to. have, yeah. But I mean, we ate it after. I mean, you know. <laughs> at least she went use the Ted Nugent yeah. ethic, right? And, you know, I learned from Uncle deal. Ted. Makes Absolutely. it all right. All right, so let's go to 1983 and Peace of Mind, another awesome album cover. Yeah, yeah. they're all good. I don't they're have to say that good. for all, yeah. <laughs> but yes, they're all good. Uh, but you know, their album, their album covers are, are as famous as their music. I mean, sometimes more so. Sometimes I more think more so. Yeah. yeah. If, if you ask somebody in the hot topic, I would have to go with the T-shirts. Well, yeah, I have noticed that they have more. They've had more cool Iron Maiden shirts at Hot Topic than any other band. So really, there's right. a reason for that, right? So, all right, Peace of Mind, 1983. I don't know. How do you think this one stacks up against the uh, I like this one Beast? better than Number of the Beast just because um, it's it's a little different. This is where Nico came in. Yeah. And the drumming on this is just, it, it, it actually changes the way the music sounds. Right. I can't explain it because I'm not a drummer. It's kind of like when you hear... Eric Carr opening Creatures of the Night. It's yeah. just bombastic. Yeah. And you know it's not Peter Cruz. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't you know, from what I know of these two albums, I think this one's better than Number of the Beast. It's it's more of a cohesive sounding record. There's some damn good songs on I this think one. there's people that just don't want to admit it, but I think really there's a lot of people that believe that. I mean, to me it's just it, it's just like one of your favorite bands. They just get better and better and better. Yeah. You know, different, but better. Especially by the Blaze you know. Bailey years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, this thing, I mean, look at this, Where Eagles Dare. It's, it's, right. it's, war, it's war history. An awesome uh, revelation. That's that's yeah. the part of the Bible that churches don't want to talk about. Right. right. You know? Flight, Flight of Icarus. That's mythology. Flight of Icarus. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a book that we were supposed to, you know, we talked about that in school and you know stuff like that. So die with your boots on. It's about war, soldiers. Yeah. So the trooper I mean too. the trooper. Yeah. You know it's all about true life. This isn't like they're singing about, you know, killing babies and raping women and stuff. Right. You know, that's later, but that's what but, people that just all they did was looked at the album covers yeah. back then. That's what they're scared of. I'm surprised my no parents idea. never had a problem with it. But. I don't know. I maybe part of why I never got into Maine is like they never sung about banging groupies or anything. Like, it was always about, <laughs> oh, they do that later. It was always about well, the Gangland. Stuff. They had that song Gangland. Oh, yeah. but, that was about gangbanging chicks. Yeah, but I mean, that was like <laughs> once in a while. But like, I don't know. And then they the reissue, they covered See, the cross-eyed Mary. That's a chick. So. You're the reason why their number one hit in America is bring your daughter yeah, to the slaughter. Daughter to the slaughter. <laughs> well, he thought it was this a slaughter like concert. He thought, yeah. slaughter. he thought it was a slaughter concert. <laughs> totally bring about your, groupies. Bring your daughter to the slaughter concert. <laughs> All right, Let next. Go. Let's Let go, go fast. Okay. Before I lose my train of thought. All right. What do we got next? Before I get hit on the, so, but, the Nelson album. So let's move on to Power Slave. This is my favorite. 1984. Power yeah. Slave is my favorite Maiden album. Mine too. And it is my third favorite album of all time. This yeah. is one of my five Desert Island discs. Oh, really? totally. 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 Yeah, definitely. I mean, and part of it is the imagery. I mean, I saw them on the Peace of Mind tour, and they like, you know, they supposedly killed Eddie. You know, that was back in our days. We didn't know that Eddie was going to be something real. We didn't even know what he was. It was just some something on the album cover. Right. But he actually came out, and we're like, holy shit. And then at the end of the show, they kill him. They, like, beat the fuck out of him and killed him. <laughs> so what? the whole thing about Power Slave was, you know, it's Egyptian-themed, yeah. the pharaohs, the King Tut, all that stuff. Yeah. They're resurrecting him. Mm-hmm. You know, and during the Power Slave tour, they resurrect Eddie, and he comes back to life. And it, I'm telling you, that was one of the... Coolest freaking things I ever oh, saw as a child. Show. The stage show wow. was, yeah. I mean, it was huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at that time in 1984, 1985, yeah. it had to be the most expensive show going on. I mean, oh, had to. It, yeah. it was freaking just phenomenal. God, and uh, what a hard job being a roadie for that. For yeah, that no kidding. I mean, I can't understand why people don't, you know, don't. Hold this album in higher regard. So, the, so this album a, isn't yeah. like one of the faves of the diehards. Because I don't know. Yeah, because when people talk about the uh, the discography there's, as a whole, I think this album really gets overlooked. And there's like, still people that I say Number the of the Beast is better for some reason. I don't know. I don't I think mean, so, man. They're both good and they're both great classic albums. But just me personally, I mean, this was the Maiden album that really, really grabbed me when I was first discovering them. And when I got this one and put it on, and it's awesome from beginning to finish there's not a weak song on it and just this is what made me a huge iron maiden fan when i was getting to that age where i was old enough to start getting into my own kind of music this was the one that did it for me yeah i mean i remember when two minutes to midnight came out that was the first single on it and the the video you know this was 1984 we were kind of still in the little cold war thing with russia i was was i was 15 so i kind of knew about the army and war and stuff like that and i was always fascinated with 
with World War Two and World War One stuff. And right. I mean, that video, that song, just it it just enamored me because I was like, well, this is awesome because it was talking about World War Two. Yeah, and I remember you know? there was a a big fear uh, about you know America versus Russia. And yeah, people yeah. like really yeah. thought we were going to get nuked at any time. So right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it was scary stuff that they were writing about. You know, and it yeah. was real. But it was honest. I mean, it was it was coming from. You know, Steve Harris is, gets, you know, ideas from newspaper stories, yep. you know, things that are going on in the world. Well, let me ask you, know? you this. Why, did, I mean, is it a, do you, I guess it, since you're a fan, it is a good thing, but like, is it always a good thing that he writes almost everything for the band? Like, No, it's not, but it's just that sometimes when something works, you just got to keep going with it. And you think the rest of the guys were like, okay, it works, so we'll just let you do it? Yeah. yeah. I do, I do though, think that in later years, he did start a, start kind of being a dictator, but we'll get into that when, like, we, Nico when we talk about the albums. Like, hey, but Steve, I wrote something. He's like, shut up and play your drum. Drummers don't write songs. <laughs> Sorry. Some of them do. No. Some Peter Chris doesn't. He hasn't written every song ever. <laughs> Come on, I'm just poking the bear. All right. Don't um, poke the cat, dude. Yeah, yeah. Ace is high, a good album opener, though. Yeah. 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 Great album opener. That's the thing about Maiden, too. I mean, yeah, this, I would have to say a great album opener. Yeah. And then a great album closer yeah, with Rhyme yeah, of the yeah, Ancient Mariner. Mariner. Yeah, yeah. Probably I mean, one of the great, greatest This is something where, ever. where it's like three songs put into one. Yeah. I mean, it's epic. This is before Dream Theater started doing time yep. changes every five bars. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, but this is epic. And I more mean, this interesting. is just, this is one of the first <laughs> epic songs that I ever remember. Getting into it, I'm not a real long, long song person, but yeah, I mean, because it's a story. And we right? we talked about me and him talked about this yesterday, because like when you know the stereotype about Maiden is all oh, their songs are like ten minutes long. No, they're not. But if you look at the albums, it's no more than usually two seven. two tracks or three tracks right. out of a whole album. You know, the rest of them are five minutes or less most of the time. Yeah. Well, I hear a bunch of people talking too about metal albums on other podcasts that say that, you know, these albums are 28 minutes long or 33 minutes long. So people are bitching about albums being too short and people are bitching about albums being too long. So what the fuck do you want? People just like to bitch. You know? Right. <laughs> but, yeah, that settles that. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, it's, it's a story and it's, a, you know, it's a cool, it's a cool history thing. You know, it's a good song. Cool. Takes you to different different things yeah man so, i love this whole album flash of the blade the duelist yeah. back power in the slave is just and yeah power when slave, they did the that live track. oh my god that is just because that is just awesome even so, the instrumental on here is super cool the loss for words big aura yeah thing. yeah so you move love on it. to uh yeah move 10 on to, stars move on to the 1986 yeah the the album that some to, people jumped off the boat somewhere in time this was the album that i owned on cassette back when it was new yeah. I had a, a friend gave it to me and was like you need to become an iron maiden fan and i had it and i never still be- didn't become an iron maiden See, fan it's well, because they didn't give you yeah, power they should give me power slave <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is I, I think that might be a thing you you might be right about that because maybe this it's all where you come in cuz i got cuz i got into power slave and i didn't like this album nearly as much as i liked power slave at the time you know, I felt like this was, for whatever reason, just didn't grab me the same way that Power Step Slave did. After time, you know, years later, now I go back and listen to this one, and it's it you grabs me greatness. strong. Yeah, I see the greatness in it now. But at the time, it was just like, man, you know, this is okay. I'm going to go listen to Power Slave some yeah. more. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, it, it's got good stuff. I mean, I did. I loved Wasted Years. And Wasted that, Years that, is just it should have been a radio awesome. hit. I know. I don't see how it wasn't. See, I thought it was. I mean, I heard it. I all thought the time, it was too. Because they played it on MTV. I mean, well, I can, I can. 
we didn't have stats back then, so I thought whenever I thought I saw a video on MTV every two hours, I thought it was doing it great, did, but um, apparently it wasn't. Wasted years mm-hmm. went to 11 on the Irish singles chart, 18 on UK, and nine on the UK albums chart. Didn't chart. I guess more people were into Cinderella in '86 yeah. than, than Iron Maiden. But it Maiden. fit in with that stuff. Though. Yeah, I mean, it did. It was, I mean, it's melodic enough, you know. But I don't know. It's that's one of those you listen to now, and it still doesn't sound like it came from 1986. No, no. no. But it's so different than most of their other music too. But I don't well, know. I don't. I mean, I think it's slightly, but it's just people just need to get over it, man. Bands have to evolve, you know. Oh, right. And it's not a big drastic change. I mean, and, it's not. You but know. was wasted years a shot at here? Iron Maiden needs to get a hit single. They, they wanted to have be a, have a radio hit. They wanted to well, sell out. And also of note. Written solely by Adrian Smith. Yeah, Steve oh, did wow. not write any of that song. So I mean, that's make that makes it sound different too. This is at the point yeah, where I believe they started not letting Bruce write as much. Okay, he was wanting to do acoustic stuff and wanted to start doing other things, and, and that just wasn't uh, made. This is one of this this album is where he started kind of thinking I'm about to leave. Yeah, yeah, I don't really, I'm not really 100 percent into what we're doing. Well, hmm. what are your favorite songs on this one? Oh, Jesus. I mean, the title track. Wasted yeah. Years, Caught Somewhere in Time, Sea of Madness. Uh, loneliness of the Long Distance Runner is just, I don't know. I was in track in high school, and I was a long distance runner, so maybe that, I don't know. <laughs> but, and I was lonely. Well, I was I was did you listen Did you listen to that while you so, worked out for track? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, I was lonely, and I was a long distance runner. But, <laughs> I mean, deja vu, though. Deja vu. Oh my God! Deja Vu is such an awesome song. I mean, I don't understand. And then Alexander Great, another story, another yeah. story song, long track, yeah. but it it's good. It it you know they were really into ending their albums with long songs. Yep. I mean that was that's kind of their little. That's yep. cool. And you think thing. about that too, like even with uh, Power Slave and Rhyme of the Ancient Mar- Mariner and Alexander and the Great of uh, Alexander the Great, you know. This is kind of you're you're getting to see the beginning of progressive metal here too because right. this the bands that you know are are known today as prog rock yep. were getting influenced by these few albums that are coming out right here I believe yeah. because you're getting the the epic songs the long ones you know and like you said the way the songs are written and the different key changes yeah but Yes was doing it. this back in the seventies right that's true that's true I wonder how much influence Yes had on Maiden. It's possible. It's possible because Steve Harris was into a lot of that yeah. 70s prog yeah. stuff. He was very heavily so he probably inf- was influenced in that so stuff. That's he just, buying all He just albums. always wanted to be heavier and faster. Did they have songs that galloped? So, I don't know. I bet they did. Yeah, they I did. So. Yeah. They did. Well, Roundabout had a galloping. When I get that up new Yes album that I ordered off the Decibel Geek link, it I'll, happened again this I'll week. let you know. Yeah, I actually have a yes CD in we're, my car. We're waiting this. We, we're going to see how many weeks in a row. I think we're up to like four or five now. <laughs> well, now we at least know that it's Steve Harris that's buying all the yeah, albums through, <laughs> yeah. through the link. Well, we talked yesterday about this. I'm, you know, and I because we're listening to some of these songs, and I'm telling Billy, I'm like, you know, is it wrong of me to say that I hear some, you know, late '70s Judas Priest sound of this stuff? And he's like, no, it's not because they were probably directly influential on these guys. You got to think Priest. Priest knew Maiden when Maiden first came out. And Maiden knew Priest. I mean, right. yeah. you know how big London is. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, and I'm, or I mean, England as a whole. I'm not in, sure but if then they again, were. But in the raw local yeah, rock they, scene, they, they had knew to of each other. Paths, sure. That's the thing about the new wave of British heavy metal is when it all came to America, we all thought it was all separate stuff. Right. But in England, where it was all happening before it came over here, they were all like 
like all for one, one for all. Yeah. You know, I suppose because it was a community. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a community. It wasn't this thing like like in the late '80s with the Sunset Strip where everybody was in competition with each other. Right. Was, you know, they were they were helping each other out over there. Well, I mean, you know? in Bruce's singing style, you can hear a lot of Rob Halford influence yeah. on it. You know, but I mean, you, well, but that. So, would you call somewhere in time their version their Turbo? Mm, no, because no. I like Summer in Time better than Turbo. Yeah, a little bit, too. but yeah, better than Turbo. Okay. All right. Well, I would have to say as a whole, for a whole discography, Yeah, I like Maiden's... They have more whole good albums than Judas Priest does. You think? Yeah. To me. Mm, I don't know. My opinion. I, lo- I don't know. I love some Judas Priest. I mean, Screaming for Vengeance is like... Tied with Power Slave to me because they're both perfect albums. Yeah. But yeah. I like when you get into some of the other though. stuff, they have some good songs, but not whole good albums. And with Maiden, even if it's not a whole good album, there's to me there's more good songs on them than what I do when I when I talk about album bands versus bands yeah. is I go by I try to go by album against album at that same time yeah. Yeah. and judge by that. Right. I don't see as in I mean you can't you can't put. Seven Sun up against British Steel. Well, let's talk right. about that. That's one ridiculous. Yeah, you know it. It doesn't work. So, but you put British Steel up against the first Maiden album. Mm-hmm. It matches you know, up a little. It better. matches up pretty closer. Right. But, I got you. Okay, let's get into yeah. their now. Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. Seven Son of a Seven Son. Is, oh my God! What a good year. Yeah. What a good year for for music. I mean, in general. Yeah. I mean, we had George Michael out with sex. <laughs> All right, we're done uh, here. <laughs> no, this is in. epic. I mean, this is another. I mean, just look at the album cover. Oh, yeah. I mean, they changed themes. You know, Somewhere in Time was cool because I was real big into Clint Eastwood at the time, and that's kind of what that cyborg Eddie reminds me of. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Yeah. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Facial expression. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, and this one is just another theme change. I mean, it's it's like Ice World or something. Yeah. You know, Planet Hoth or, you know, there's probably Han Solo and Luke in here in the Tauntaun somewhere. <laughs> but well, it's just inside the Tauntaun. It's just epic. Covered. This is just something where when I went to, to, to get the new album, yeah. you see the album cover and you can't help but buy it. Right. Because you just want to, even if I, if I didn't like it and would never, never listen to it again. I could just hold and and look at this album cover for hours and hours, and yeah. it's just awesome. I, I mean, feel bad for kids nowadays. I do. That don't I feel that experience. I feel terrible for I, the iTunes generation. Yeah, if you yeah. see a just, tiny little square JPEG, uh, and that's all you get. It's terrible. And they can't hold it unless they pick mm-hmm. up their computer, or, you know, <laughs> somebody <laughs> holding their monitor up. You know, I can stroke <laughs> this, and you know. Wait a minute now. But no, let's talk about Seven Sun. You know, love the band, yeah. but don't love the band. <laughs> Seven Sun is like an you're epic. In love with <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> this right. is another epic. I would say, to me, this is a perfect album. Yeah, it's good. There's not Beginning a bad song on it. And I this, agree. I don't get. I, I I know they say it was a concept album. Yeah. But it lost it after the first side. But I don't see that it did. I still. I don't see that it's a big concept album, but I do see there is a little bit of a theme to it. But yeah. I mean, it's as as a concept album, I would still put it up but, there better than the Elder. Although it goes, <laughs> yeah, well, that's not saying much. But it, I mean, it well, could, I rate it a little higher. It than does that. go off the rails when they end the album with a Billy Joel cover song, though, doesn't it? Jeez, <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris. 
put on this big pointy hat that Billy brought with I'd pay them. money to hear Iron Maiden do a Billy Joel cover song, though, wouldn't you? Well, I'll have to go through some of my deep tracks that I got, but they yeah. might. Yeah. Okay, well, what do you think of Moonchild as an album opener? Moonchild is great. Yeah. I mean, it kind of has that, that slow start, and it kind of... You know, I don't understand people to say, oh, well, this is too slow. This sucks. And they just turn it off. Yeah, we'll give it some well, time. To me, it's like when something's slow like that starting off, it, it should pull you in and make you want to hear where it goes. Right. right. And when you're listening to Moonchild, it goes and it kicks in and you're like, oh, man, this is freaking awesome. Right. Yeah, so, it, it and it just goes from there and there. Infinite Dreams. Yeah. Can I Play With Madness was a big yeah. a big hit for him. I remember song. I seen the uh, video Evil for that. Evil That Men Do. And I was like, oh, awesome. Maiden's back. Yeah, yeah awesome. You know, yeah, that song was, I mean, it, it, it was another very radio-friendly track. It yeah. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't too much for people to handle. And this was 88. This was when uh, hard rock and hair metal was starting to peak. And, Pretty much. You know, yeah. they were getting a lot of airplay. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were they were putting, the, I think a lot of that ruled the charts more than, like, you know, Madonna and stuff it, like that. So like, they were kind of taking over at this point. Well, like you said, it was a good year because mm-hmm. you had all different styles of rock and metal, and it was all getting airplay. Yep, it right. was just yep. dominating. Yep. Yeah, and they were encouraged to bring more. You yeah. know, they were they were financially and you, you know you'd hear this everything. and you'd hear rat, then you'd hear Guns yep. and Roses and right. you'd hear Metallica. And it all yeah. sounded great together. Yeah. yeah it, it all did. sounded great together. It was just fun to be a rock and metal yep. fan. Yep. Shit, yeah. But I mean hey, so so you like every single track on this. This is a perfect album to me. But I mean Power Slave is better, but this is a perfect perfect album to me. Yeah. I, I gotta, would have to say this is probably my second favorite Iron Maiden album. I got to really? agree with yep. Billy. Yeah, not quite as good as Power Slave, way better than Somewhere in Time. Yeah. You know, and like I said when this came out and I saw the video for Can I Play with Badness, just I just awesome. felt like yeah. holy shit. Yeah, yeah Iron Maiden's back. back, you know, cuz Somewhere in Time didn't quite do it for me, you know, and it was Somewhere like I felt like was, was, let down a little by it. I'm not sure about the album sales, but I mean, I saw them on the tour and I know they toured, but I still after uh, the live after death tour, mm-hmm. it didn't hold up to that. Right. You know, that's a lot to 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 meet up to. Right. And so I know it was it it might have been seen as a failure a little bit, mm-hmm. but they had to do this because this I think took them back right to the top. Right. Yeah. You know. Did you get to see him on this tour? Yeah. 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 With all the ice stuff yeah. up on the it stage. Nice. How was epic. that? Yeah. Epic. I mean. I went and saw them when they redid this, when they did the Made in England tour a couple years ago and came through here. Yeah, Pretty yeah. much the same everything, and it just took me back, and it was just like one of the greatest That's moments one thing ever. I, I respect about them is they will celebrate their history, yeah. Yeah. whereas you know we're Kiss you know, fans, yeah. they almost like try to turn their back on it yeah. all the time. Yeah, I don't see Kiss coming up going, but there's hey, some we're deep, doing there's hotter some, than hell in its entirety. It would be awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of diehard Maiden fans that don't like that, though. Oh, they huh. just want to hear the same hits over yeah. and over. Ugh, yeah. I suppose you're always going to have people like that. So, you wouldn't expect it out of Iron Maiden yeah. fans. Fans so. are just fickle, but, yeah. you know. Well, and I, do, I like what I like, and I don't give a shit what everybody else says. So. I, I do notice um, that they reissued this in 95, and there's some interesting stuff on there. They re-recorded Prowler and Charlotte the Harlot. With yeah, Bruce. the Castle recordings. I've got that yeah. and Somewhere in Time on, on that CD. With, that's obviously with Bruce on They vocals, had a bonus huh? disc. Nice. Yeah, they had a bonus disc. And they covered, no, those are live. Those oh, are live are tracks. Live? Yeah, those are live and, tracks. Uh, they also cover Massacre by Thin Lizzy. Yeah. I have oh, to wow. hear this. Nice. Powler and all that stuff are live tracks. Okay, cool. On the bonus disc. All right, cool. So and before, I know y'all, those of you screaming at your iPod, you're an idiot. Yeah, I know. I don't know Maiden. That's why I brought th- Billy that's here. That's why we got Billy. Okay. Well, <laughs> teach us. What are you doing? Dead air. Not good for a podcast. Talk. All right. Um, okay. Okay, so let's go to 1990. No Prayer for the Dying. 
I like. You want to talk about too. Bruce's solo album? Yeah. Are we not talking about Bruce's solo album? I thought we were just doing Maiden. Okay. I mean, I, I love uh, Tattooed Millionaire. I like. Well, Bruce left, did a solo album. Adrian Smith but left. This came out first, right? No, no. Tattooed Millionaire came out first. It was 80, oh, okay, 89. so that got 89. released. Tattooed Millionaire came out before. before Adrian there. Smith leaves after the Seventh Son for okay. reasons I can't remember. So for whatever reason, Bruce Dickinson decided to do a solo album. I'm I'm talking about this because No Prayer for the Dying introduces Yannick Gares, and he was on Tattooed Millionaire with Bruce Dickinson. That's oh, okay. why he brought him into the band. He's the connection. Uh, okay. So is there There's was there a, a disconnect between Bruce and Adrian Smith? You think I that? don't really remember why Adrian left. I think he just it might have been over songwriting or you know the same stuff. And he put out that solo album called ASAP, and he it says, was like horrible. There was one good song on it, but it was horrible. Well, the always accurate Wikipedia says. He left the band during pre-production, unhappy with the direction that it was taking. Yeah, I do remember something in the documentary where they... Iron Maiden, I think it was on the Somewhere in Time tour, and a little bit on Seven Sons, started doing the, uh, let's play the songs faster so we can play more, Mm -hmm. kind of the Kiss thing that nobody liked. And I know he did say in one of the documentaries that that... That he didn't like that. He hated that they were speeding up songs. Right. Mm. And it says he had only contributed so. to the song Hooks in You. Yeah. So he was probably pissed because he wasn't being listened yeah. to. And he also will not bring his daughter to the slaughter. No. Concert. <laughs> Maybe he had become <laughs> a born-again Christian and wasn't into the you know sacrifices and stuff by then. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, oh, because okay. that's when they started worshiping the devil. Yeah. He, got, <laughs> he went to in the... 1990. Um, he went Slayer to the, was getting more press for being satanic than Maiden, so he well, left. Well, they he were. You're right. Um, oh, and I guess uh, Yannick Gers also worked with Ian Gillen. Yeah, he was in the Ian Gillen band. I didn't know Oh, that. that's cool. And he was in a, blue band, a blues band, well, kind of blues rock band called White Horse in the... 70s. No, White Spirit. Yeah, White Spirit. Yeah. White Spirit. I just corrected Billy. I've heard some of their stuff. Wow. And uh, yeah. That'll Mark that happen. on your calendar. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't know. So what, what What are our thoughts on on this this album? I don't understand people getting slagged on, slagging on this I album. I think Gunner is a great I like Tail it. Gunner's I mean, awesome. there's still some clunkers on it, but I mean, you open up with Tail Gunner. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, dude. That is another great mm-hmm. opening track. The you Assassin. Know? Uh, Assassin is great. Yeah. Holy uh, Smoke is one Holy of my Smoke own, is one great. Of my and I've heard people tunes. talk about that that Holy Smoke was a funny song and like a joke song. Well, I could understand a metal band like that at that point wanting to have a little bit of a sense of humor. Sure. You know, not and, taking and also so, that song is kind of sticking it back in the face of all the people exactly. that have been protesting. Exactly. And, and then at that time, all the televangelists are getting busted yeah. doing all their dirty deeds behind the curtains. And so this was Maiden's way to kind of stick it back to yeah, them. So the it's, it's not like a typical Maiden song where it's a historical story or something like The Assassin or, yeah. or Mother Russia. You know, this is more like, a, you know, a current thing you know and i like it i love the song when the video came out that i thought man this is freaking awesome Mm -hmm. you know i was i was pretty well in love with iron maiden at this point there there wasn't much they could do wrong for 1990 yeah for now we had we had metallica one of the biggest bands on the planet bon jovi they this was just kind of an influx for them and i honestly think it was because of adrian smith when he left you know a lot of people thought but, you know, I guess they thought he was Iron Maiden for some reason, and it, huh. it just wasn't going to do good. And they did put out a – I mean, I like some stuff on here, but I do understand that some people think it's a subpar album. So More disjointed. Fans started – yeah, fans yeah. started dropping off at this point. The tour didn't do real good. Yeah. You know, 
but but I again, mean, it was 1990. You yeah. Know? So yeah. it's like look at the the world of music at that time and how things are changing. I mean, I don't. I know it's people don't want to anymore. People yeah. don't want to admit it, but there was a time in 1990 when Bon Jovi was way bigger in the world than Iron Maiden. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And Judas Priest. Oh, they, well, then you yeah. look 91. So. One year later from now, you know when they're getting ready to tour on this thing. You know, it's it's the grunge deal is well, going on. Well, the Black on, Album you know? comes out, and, and that's yeah. pretty much the biggest thing on the planet. Right. Yeah. So, I like it. It's a good album. Not but, not complete. You know, there's like you say, it's a better couple. than the Elder. So, what can you say? <laughs> I judge every album by the Elder. Is so. it better than the Elder? Okay. All right. Well, I think Lou Reed and Metallica is better than the Elder, but that's my opinion. I don't even listen. I to don't shit. think so. I'll, I'll take the Elder I'm over kidding, Lulu. I'm kidding. Kiss fans don't. Get, put your pitchfork Jeez, away. Yeah, the Elder um, isn't that bad. No, Jeez, they, Chris. What do you think of them releasing Holy Smoke and Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter as singles? Do you think that was smart? Uh, it got them Holy attention. Holy Smoke, maybe. I mean, because, I mean, yeah, they, it got them attention. I love the song. Yeah, I, I get I the too. joke. Yeah. But, yeah, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, uh-huh. I love that fucking song. But I do understand how if there were any churches still protesting this shit in 90 which i don't remember that wasn't a good thing for that but other than that i mean this is a song they still do to this day yeah right never dropped from the set list right and it's just freaking awesome it's it's like a galloping song it's got a good good everything good hook hooky chorus and i mean everything some good double entendre you know yeah i don't think it's the greatest album cover though no, no, it's not their best. It's not their best, but it, you know. You didn't bring that one, did you? I don't have that one. Oh, you don't? I have the, No, I have that on CD, see? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought you were slipping for a second there. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just, but it's not that impressive of a cut. It looks like they kind of got well, lazy on that one. I mean, well, yeah, if you put it up against Seven Sun and right. uh, you know, Power Slave, no, but I mean. Okay. It's better than the next one to me. Yeah, you know? 1992. This get, is where Derek Riggs had checked out. Yeah, you get Fear of the Dark. Oh, yeah, that's the one where it's Eddie's the tree, tree monster. Yeah. 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 That's kind of cool. It doesn't even, wow, but it doesn't even look like Eddie anymore. No, I guess it really don't. It's like, it's like a cracked down Eddie. He's half a tree. But. Don't hug that one. Another great album. I mean, yeah. Fear of the Dark by 92. It kind of took them back to the top. You know, this was a big album from them. They did a real big tour with them. Um, they did a double bill for about 10 dates with Judas Priest on the Painkiller Tour, where it was both of them playing full sets. Yeah. yeah. And I got to see that in Phoenix, Arizona, and it was freaking phenomenal. Oh, I bet. I bet you get those two bands but, playing together yeah. in the same bill. They're really but, trying uh, to put it out I mean, there. And prove it's a good album. This, this might be one where you could say uh, there might be a f- couple of, you know, too many songs on it. Yes, it's a 12, 12 song. Tracks. But, you know, but there's there's shorter songs, but still there's a couple of duds in here, but I mean, it's it's a real good album as a whole. Yeah. I don't understand some people just don't get it. So is this one not well liked by among the fan base so much? I think it's the early Maiden fans, you know, if you're a Yeah. You know, but I mean, it did well. I remember everybody yeah. I know had it. Because I remember so. the videos for Be Quick or Be Dead yeah, and yeah. From uh, from Here to Eternity, and both of them are well, awesome songs. The thing that I think people slag on this is Wasting Love. Yeah. And even if you call this a ballad, this is an Iron Maiden ballad. It's right. not right. like freaking I Remember You or, you know, <laughs> it's still, it's a cool song. I right. mean, I like it. Yeah. You know? 
you know, I from what I I hear, I know a few fans that are as big of Maiden fan as you, and they seem to like it. But I mean, I, I didn't know there was much. Well, I know some. This. I know Maiden fans that just because they don't like that song, just slag on the whole album, and I don't agree with that either. Well, but I mean, it's got of... great songs. I mean, let's go through it. Be quicker, be dead. From here to eternity, great Love song. It. Afraid to shoot strangers. Yeah, that's a another good one. great song. Fear's the key. Eh, childhood's in. Yeah, those yeah. are probably the two clunkers. Wasting song. love. The fugitive. Oh my god. Yeah, dude, the this fugitive is, an is awesome cool. Fucking song. Uh, Chains of Misery to me, I like the song, but it is a little, for Maiden, a little on the poppy side. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, they're the apparition, and yeah, that's a little bit, man. But Judas be my guide. Oh my god, it's freaking cool. Uh, and Fear of the Dark. I mean, it's yeah. kind of creepy and scary it is when you creepy. hear them sing it. So, All right. And I don't fear the dark, but when I hear this song, and I kind of do for the <laughs> five or six minutes that they're playing. Did it. you ever sit in a dark room and listen to the album? No, I always have the lights on when I listen to our He's never that brave. <laughs> this isn't bedtime music. I want Eddie to jump out at you. Out of a tree. If I want to fall asleep, I'll listen to the elder. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about the elder through this whole show. <laughs> you better not cut this shit out either, motherfucker. It's kind of like blank, most blank space. That's All right. cool. I see this All right, on, let's the, do a quick uh, on the recap re-issue. of... of uh, what do you want to say before we go? I was going to say, on the reissue, they do a cover of I Can't See My Feelings by Budgie. I've never heard that. That's awesome. I want to hear that. I love that song. Budgie's a great band. Yeah, I can imagine Maiden doing that. You ever heard that song? Mm-hmm. That's I don't badass. Know. That's the thing about Maiden, though. They did some some weird covers. In Montrose. You know, Space but they did them good. But five. they they picked That's stuff that... That you wouldn't think they would. No, that you yeah. would never think they would do. Right. Maiden doing Montrose? Like, yeah. Really? Sammy Hagar Montrose. Yeah. Yeah. So, there well, you go. And also, um, this one, Fear of the Dark, co-produced by Steve Harris with Martin Birch. I mean, so yeah, this is where he starts, putting his, he starts putting his hands in the pot. Well, yeah. even if you look at the, uh, the songwriting that, credits on here, you'll see, like, it's it's Bruce with, with Yannick. And then it's Bruce with uh, with Yannick again. And then Bruce writes one with Dave Murray. But the, the Steve Harris songs, it's, Harris. it's just him. Yeah. Just you know, just Harris. him by himself, like... Hey, look what we did. Oh, yeah, that's cool. This is mine. I wrote well, this. Well, we know, too, that probably even if it says uh, Harrison Gears, I mean, it's probably just because Yannick was like, well, <laughs> let me do this instead of that. And he's like, okay. He'll get a credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know how songwriting credits are yeah. Yeah. back then in the day. But, I mean, that's one of the reasons Bruce ended up leaving, though, was because he was tired of the touring. He, was, he, wasn't, he wanted to do something different. He just, you know, wasn't getting... Getting his, uh, they weren't taking his ideas for songs, right? Basically, and so maybe they just had reached a point where they just around each other way too much. It could be that happens after all I them mean, years. Yeah. It had been by '92. It had been ten years non, for them. They worked nonstop. Yeah, they pretty much did long tours. Yeah, you know, long tours, year and a half tours, yeah. year year and a half tours. Okay, overall, pretty good album. I think it's worth revisiting for sure. Yeah. So Bruce leaves. Bruce leaves. <laughs> And then and they, in 2000, he comes back for Brave New World. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, you didn't, as a Maiden fan, oh. uh, you know, no Blaze Bailey for All you? All right, we're going to get pretty dark here. All right. Oh, no. What, what, what leads them to get, did they try out other people, or they just say Blaze? I don't guy? know the whole story. It's like one of those mysteries, like, you know, who really wrote Beth? I mean, it's just one of those things, and... Uh, I just I just remember reading somewhere that they they got him because they knew of Wolfsbane and he was British and 
But I mean, I haven't heard of any stories just saying, and nobody's popping up in in social media now. They saying, "Oh, well, I auditioned for Iron Maiden as a singer," and you know, yeah. like everybody that claims they auditioned for a certain other so white face band was Wolf Spain. Were they a lot like Maiden? They were they were just a like a hard rock, maybe edgy metal band from the early or late eighties, early nineties. I mean, they had a couple albums out. They had a. a Video that was a little bit rotated on MTV, kind of. They got lumped into all that other stuff that was in, you know, MTV bands. You know, Headbangers Ball uh, and all that stuff. Did you really, really try to give this a chance? I did, and this album isn't. We're talking about the X Factor. X Factor okay, is not, I is not that bad. Them, There's some of. decent songs on here. Yeah, but it's not Maiden. Really. What did it for the fans? I didn't see them on this tour. What did it for fans was after they saw him live. Yeah. Because I've heard him live. I saw the X Factor tour. And yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. But because he wasn't good on the Bruce stuff live, the uh, next album nobody even gave a chance. Which I mean, to me, it sucks. Like worse. It's it's really bad. Because even there's at that time, you it. know, they're still when they go out and play, they're trying to play the Maiden classics. Blaze Bailey, you know, he's all well, right. Let's talk about this. But he's okay. no, he's no Bruce Dickinson. No. In 19-something, 96, 98, they put out a best-of compilation. Uh, I got the original two-disc book edition of Best of the Beast. And, voila, CD1 starts off with Virus, Sign of the Cross, Man on the Edge. All Blaze Bailey songs from X Factor. They're good songs. Mm -hmm. But this was before... I don't even know what the hell you call the next album. Future Real X 10. I don't even know. I don't understand virtual, it. Virtual yeah, 11, Virtual X, Virtual, virtual 10. Or, I think yeah, it's virtual whatever. 11. Virtual, <laughs> virtual shit. But, so you got to think. I mean, at least I think Maiden liked the songwriting, or I don't I don't see why. And a lot of all the, the latest, greatest hits packages for Maiden will usually have probably either Sign of the Cross or Man on the Edge on there. Right? Really? So they at least... But okay, now you can talk about X Factor. Oh no, I'm I go I, take a dump. You're already kind of doing it for me. <laughs> I think that pretty well, pretty well. It was it horrible. Up. There's I mean, nothing on here you like. I would have to give it a listen to again, but just from seeing the track listing, yeah. Anything stand out? Future well, see real? the Klansmen. They still do. They did the Klansmen on the uh, uh, the live album that they did after Brave New World. So yeah. even Bruce sings some of these songs. He does that one. Wow. So yeah. I don't know what that means, but I mean, it must have been one that well, they liked and he thought song, it was so good. He probably forces them to, but yeah. yeah. Uh, even, and, but even that one, I don't like. Even on the live album that they put out, I don't like. Oh, really? Um, wow. So you, yeah. Well, he told, when I told when I asked Billy to do this, this he, is a turd. He was like, "We're gonna we're gonna go real fast through uh, Blaze yeah, Bailey." It's era. a turd. Really? I want to hear from some listeners that think that this stuff is genius. I want to see how many I hear from. I, I have never heard of uh, a podcast that talks about Blaze Bailey or Wolfsbane. Should get him on the show. All you listeners out there, search iTunes and SoundCloud to see if there's a Wolfsbane podcast that we don't know about. <laughs> or a Blaze Bailey podcast. I'll, uh, yeah, or a Blaze Bailey Blaze podcast. Because if there is, I'll subscribe to it and I'll give them shitty reviews and tell all these people <laughs> what fucking idiots they are. <laughs> Dear Blaze, I still remember. You still suck. I saw him live, and it was like the worst fucking thing in the world. It was that bad? 
Yeah, it was that bad. He saw it. There's YouTube footage or something. Yeah. I've heard people that have bootlegs or whatever. It's too. horrible. Yeah, it was like 98, and yeah, they had no money to do shit by so then. So you got the feeling they're just like treading water just yeah. to keep making money. Yeah. Wow. They're just, I think at that po- by that point, they were just trying to keep their brand alive. Right. Just riding out the name, yeah. yeah. Well, wow. what else are you going to do, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't blame them. I don't blame them, but it's just... Steve Harris Fat Burning Grill. You know, it was a bad It was a bad deal. <laughs> uh, okay, so... So then you must have been pretty damn happy come roll around 2000. Bruce oh, Dickens Jesus back, Christ. Huh? Oh, this album. Oh. Great it's, album cover it's, too. It's great. Yeah, the yeah. cover's great. Yeah. Um, I remember this. This came out right when I first got like my first computer, and uh, there was on IronMaiden.com. You could download the the wallpaper of this album cover, yeah. and it had it was uh, like a GIF where it would animate. It would animate, yeah. and he would like there was lightning and there was rain falling. I in think the I remember that. I remember and that he too. He would blow smoke out and stuff. Oh, that was the coolest fucking thing. I used to masturbate. Oh, wait. No, I mean, that was just awesome. I loved it. But, yeah, let's talk about the album. Okay, Bruce comes back. Not only does Bruce come back, Adrian Smith comes back. Yeah. And they don't fire Yannick. Yeah, which a lot of fans seem to have an issue with. All right, dude, you know what? They think he's, like, worthless. Live, I don't care. Live, that extra guitar adds at least a little bit to the show. It's freaking awesome. And I honestly think by this time... People people slag on Yannick because he plays a lot of Adrian stuff, and Adrian doesn't do some of the stuff. And I honestly think that's because Adrian doesn't want to. Right. You know? Well. He's old, and he's probably like, eh, just do it. Yeah, That'll give me yeah. less to do. Sure. They're still getting paid the same amount of money. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, live with the three guitar thing is yeah. just incredible, dude. Now, this album I did buy when it came out. Yeah. Because I even I got caught up in everyone this talking about This is an awesome album. Oh, my yeah. God, Bruce is back in the It's band. pretty epic. It has a lot of long songs on it. But yeah. the Wicker Man but, opening. Yeah, Wicker man. man. Oh, man, that's an awesome song. I remember song. when I first heard that. I was like, this is, sounds like what you would think Iron Man should yeah. sound like. I was so disappointed when I went and saw the Wicker Man movie with Nicolas Cage, <laughs> and this wasn't on the soundtrack. That's the only reason I went and saw it. You really want your mind blown watch the yeah. original version of that movie. Oh, oh that, the Nicolas Cage one was bad enough. Yeah. I don't need to watch the original. It's creepy. But yeah, Wicker Man. I mean, geez. I mean, tell me, that's just—it's awesome. Yeah. And there, what, what are your favorite songs on this one? Brave New World is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Blood Brothers is good. The Mercenary. Uh, Fallen Angels good. The Nomad. I like the uh, Nomad. Out of the Silent Planet mm-hmm. is good. It's just a good album. I mean, for a comeback album, after he left in '93, so after seven years, yeah. coming back, it's it's good. You know, it's a good and when album. they got back together, they must have all decided, you know, they sat in a room, rekindled that mutual respect and said, we, if we're going to do this, we have to do it as best as we possibly freaking can. And I think they delivered the goods on it. It's, yeah. it's an amazing album. If you don't have it, you know the deal. Go to the Amazon link on our website and get this bad boy immediately. And pick up Power Slave, too, if or you ain't got that. Get a hold of me and I'll drop it to you. Yeah, get them all. Get hey. all these albums. I'm trying to make some money here. Well, yeah, I mean, this is just the thing that, I mean, they were at a point where they knew they needed Bruce back. Yeah. And Bruce they, if they wanted to go too, right? into the future, they, they had to get Bruce back. So And it's not like Bruce was, it you know, selling, hitting number one and selling multi-millions of albums on his own either. He did good. I mean, his, I mean he did okay. His uh, Chemical Wedding album was a little weird, but it was a movie soundtrack. And if right. I, I plead for you to go search out this movie and it's a little creepy but at least watch it once <laughs> but accident at birth was awesome and he had adrian yeah, smith playing on that so right. it was kind of the the reconnection between them right. and uh 
I really think Bruce and Adrian work together better than some of the other guys as yeah. far as Steve Harris and Dave Murray and all that stuff. Right. But uh, they seem to have better ideas come up for stuff when they're when they're writing why do you, together. Why so. do we never see Bruce and Steve write together ever? Because Steve doesn't write with people. Well, he does at times, but ain't, there's never. Oh yeah, but I'm telling you, dude, if it says Murray Harris, yeah, yeah it's just because well they he added they've one thing. been in the band for forty years, bone. so they're yeah, it's just throwing them a bone. Now Brave New World hmm. did chart well all over the world, and it even went broke. It cracked the top forty in the U.S. And this it, was a big it, comeback, yeah, dude. I yeah. remember the anticipation for this, yeah, because they too. had ads for it in. Uh, Metal Edge, whatever yeah. magazine was still around at the time, you know, they had the, the one-page ad, you know, telling you it's coming out, whatever. Yeah. This was a big deal when it came out. I mean, this is one that, I mean, I did it for all of them, but this is a major one that I went out and was like at the record store right. buying when and it came out. Yeah. Co-produced by Steve Harris and Kevin Shirley. Kevin Shirley. Yeah. So, you know, they got, you brought it, they paid some serious yeah. money to bring, bring him on. They had to. I mean. Yeah. So I think I think with the with the '90s stuff with X Factor and especially the next one I don't even I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Uh, they might have been trying to to shortcut as far as spending money, right? And and Steve Harris is behind all of that, so he probably just figured out that it wasn't going to work, right? So they needed to do something right, and I and it paid off. And do they're still big, around yeah. today, mm-hmm. so apparently it paid off. Sure. So yeah, it's worth taking the risk. Yeah. Okay, so now we go to. Dance of Death. 2003, this comes out, also produced by Steve Harris and Kevin Shirley. Come, mm-hmm. Comes out on EMI Columbia. Uh, I heard, I've heard this album cover get slagged quite a bit. Yeah, it's a weird one. It is weird. It's not like they're trying to do some sort of like virtual reality yeah, type, it's weird. type album cover or something. It looks like something out of the uh, Eyes Wide Shut movie. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was just looking at the cover right now. Yeah. And I can see Tom Cruise in there. (laughs) (laughs) He's in there. Oh, jeez. But, no, um, I saw him on this tour before the album came out. They opened up the tour with Wildest... They opened the show with Wildest Dreams. Right. Um, It might have already been on the radio, or I might have heard it somewhere. And it's it's a good song. Um, they toured on this tour with Motorhead and Dio. It was wow. a freaking incredible show. Yeah, I bet it but was. But I got the album, and it took me a little while to get into. I mean, because it's different. It's a little different. But overall, it's it's another good album. I mean, it's not it's not horrible, but it's not their best. Right. But I mean, it's 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 got some really good songs on it. So I mean, what else can you can you expect from a band that been around for? 30 years at this point. Yeah. I you know? Know, it almost seems to me like with the one, the previous one to this where they got Bruce back, that they went out more to make like a epic. classic sounding, epic, huge, over the top Iron Maiden album. And with this one, a few years later, they're kind of doing things a little bit differently where they're not saying, okay, now we have to make another quintessential Iron Maiden album to go along with the last one. Or this one, I think it's like, well, let's stretch out a little bit more. And try some different things. The thing about Maiden is I don't think they ever made two albums back-to-back that sounded the same. No, they switched it up a lot. They switched it up a little each time. And that's one of the great things about them. Yeah. I just see in the notes here that uh, the the guy that designed the album cover uh, wanted his name removed from it because they used an unfinished version. Huh. So they were probably ready to go to press with it, and the guy was like, "Well, what you have is a rough draft." What an idiot! And they they got a lot of shit for that, though. Like, I mean, I remember I know a lot of fans hate that album cover. 
So is this the Elder of Iron Maiden? Yeah, what what album is the Elder of the Iron Maiden catalog? The Blaze Bailey uh, stuff, I guess, right? Well, well uh, let's just talk about the Bruce Dickinson stuff. I would say um, it's either a tie between Dance of Death and, for some stupid reason, a lot of people don't like the next album, A Matter of Life and Death. Came, comes out August 28th, 2006. But I have reasons for this, and I think it's true. Okay, well, what are your reasons? They played the whole. Now I oh, loved this it. This is the one they did. I the loved it because I love this album. Right. But I know a lot of fans because Maiden doesn't tour in America a lot. Yeah. And they toured in America for this, and a lot of fans were pissed off because they played the whole fucking album. Then they come back and, and they didn't get to hear all their fucking hits. Then. But yeah. they did, then they do a, like a hit set encore at the end. Yeah, but not all their yeah, hits. This yeah, album's right. probably freaking ninety minutes long. So then people that have been waiting a long, yeah. long time for the opportunity yeah. to see Maiden probably yeah. aren't and again, excited fans, in 2006 for this music. They want to yeah. hear all the songs. You're bringing somebody to Maiden right. because they never get a chance to see them. Yeah. And then you like say you bring your kid, you know, and I want you to see Iron Maiden. It's 2006. And you know, like they that, don't, don't they, know they never songs. come around. Yeah. Oh, you're going to love it. And then you get there and they're like, well, what's this? You know, what's that? And why didn't they play this? And why didn't right. they, you know, you kind of expect it out of them. But it was because of that. And Maiden heard about the backlash from the fans that they did this tour, which was the Somewhere Back in Time tour, where they yeah, it's like you, you know, want old stuff. Here they did yeah. all oh, the yeah, old somewhere stuff. Somewhere Back in Time. So yeah. yeah, so they learned from it, you know, and they gave the fans what they wanted. Yeah, but I love the album. I think this is just a great album. I mean, some of it sounds old school. There's some long songs, but yeah, I like it flows these colors. Good. Don't run it's sound just, like a classic song. It's just, I mean, the album cover's cool with the tank and yeah, with, I love the, cover. with the skeletons yeah. and stuff. I mean, it's just, it's freaking awesome. I don't understand the people's hate of this album, but I really think people that saw that show and didn't and, and didn't like them playing the whole album take it out on it the album. Tainted their opinion. Of the yeah, album. It, it does that. It taints their opinion. There's a lot of stuff about war sense. on this album. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. This is just an awesome album. Right. I mean, you know, straight out of World War Two. I mean, right? Yeah, some good stuff on here. Okay. I like the Pilgrim. Yeah, the Pilgrim. But yeah, I mean, so you saw you saw that that show. Yeah, and so you were happy with it. It was awesome. Yeah, but you were into. the I album. mean, if the album, if they had played the whole X Factor album, I would have said it sucked. But yeah. I loved the album well, before I that. Guess, you know, so we, yeah, a couple of years ago, my wife and I went and saw Rush, and they played almost the entire Clockwork Angels album. But the thing with this though is, if 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 like Aaron's saying, if if Somebody had brought somebody who had never seen Maiden oh, to yes. it, but they didn't have that album. Yeah, I could see how it would have been like they'd been like, "Well, what the fuck is this?" Yeah, it's like a listening yeah. party. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like okay, but, what is this? Yeah, I got you. All right, but, so do we want to go to 2010 now? Yep. All right, the final frontier, and until this week, this was the newest album. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, what do we think of this one? Good album. I think so too. I liked it when it came out. I think it's kind of. Back to form. Yeah. You know? I think this one, I think between Matter of Life and Death and this one, they got back to the formula that made Iron Maiden so great in the first place. I think so, too. This one definitely has a callback to a more of a classic sound, you know, like kind of like you said with Final Frontier where they purposely said, you know, let's, let's, you know, go back to what makes us Maiden. Right. You know, and like you said, maybe that had a little bit to do with the backlash of what they got on that tour to say, okay, well, maybe 
the people don't like this new direction we're kind of going in. Let's do something that we know they're going to love. Something that maybe if we did play a lot of these songs in concert, they probably wouldn't mind too much. And again, these are a lot of, look at the even the length Long of the songs. songs. Yeah, There's no radio a, hits on this album. No, no, and they're not going for it. So. But what they're going for is a good classic maiden sound, and I think they nailed it with this one. Yep. Yeah, a ten, ten full track. I don't really know anybody that doesn't like this album. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, an early Maiden fan, you know, the Paul Diano era and stuff like right. that. But, but if you stuck with them at least through through Fear of the Dark, mm-hmm. all through the 80s and stuff, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't like this album. Did the, I mean, was this one a big deal when it came out? I don't even yeah. remember. This was huge when it came out. Yeah. They leaked, uh, or, you know, it came out online, however you want to say it, but... Right. Uh, El Dorado was the first single. Yeah. Uh, the video was freaking awesome. You know, they put it out. And uh, uh, then Satellite 15, the final frontier came out. And uh, Satellite 15 is the acoustic intro part. And there was a cool video that had all this cool stuff to it. And it was just, it was, a, yeah, I think it was a big deal when it came out, you know. And this is People too, are just they, glad that Maiden's still around. Right. And this is where music. they went back to the, the classic studios in the Bahamas, too. Yeah. And, and went back and yeah. said it had the same kind of creepy, spooky feel as when they were recording that classic stuff yeah. back in the 80s. I believe they worked on this for like two years. It was a long wow. So that tells, long that tells me, bank. if they're going as far as going back to that same classic studio, that, that tells me that for sure this was intended yeah. to be a classic Maiden-sounding album. This Which, is what happened know, with Maiden with Bullseye. Brave New Brave New World came out and they kind of started over. They kind of had to start rebuilding mm-hmm. yeah. their legacy. Right. And you know, um, to, to me, it seems like a matter of life and death. Got them kind of almost back to the top. Right. And this one kind of got them to that step. And then, like you said, Book of Souls is coming out, and we got to see how that is. So, yeah. It is going to be the longest Maiden album ever. Yeah, 90, they got the longest minutes. Yeah, what? Yeah, ninety-two. What's minutes the longest song on it? On like this one, eighteen minutes, yeah, seventeen I, minutes. It's uh, there's yeah, eighteen minutes. It's the the final track called "Empire of the Clouds. Longer than Holy the rhyme shit. of the ancient Writ- mariner. Written by Bruce alone. Ooh. Oh wow. Yeah, oh, that, that ought to be, be interesting. So well, you just, never know. It's gonna have a lot of acoustic guitar in it. Uh, and then there's a song called the title track is written by Yannick and Steve, and it's ten minutes. And then there's a, a song called the the red and the black, and that's thirteen minutes. And from everything I've seen, they've been talking about this album for a good three months. Yeah, yeah. People are anticipating it. this album. I'm excited. Well, so. we've we've heard the first single, "Speed of Light." Yeah, I like it. Yeah, we, we, we all, all in agreement that it's a good song. Yeah, it's good. I like it a Adrian lot. Adrian Smith and Bruce wrote that song. Yeah. So I mean, I could tell because it has a lot of Adrian guitar in it. He's the he's the kind of noodler. Guitar guy in the band. Yeah, so. and that video is even pretty awesome, especially if you're a video great. game fan. And I've heard people say the video's stupid. Yeah, it is kind of stupid, but it's I in a really cool way. I don't ever take away from a song though because of a bad video. No, I don't no. understand that. Uh-uh. The video either. has nothing to do with the no. song. And videos so. have less to do with music nowadays. Yeah, that video is right. killer. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I the, like it. But they like the with the the flying Eddie head reminds me of the lawnmower man. And then <laughs> yeah. the video game parts, it's like it starts off with like Donkey Kong, right? And then it goes to Mortal Kombat. It's awesome. Oh, they, well, I think it had like uh, Double Dragon. Double in Dragon. There. Yeah. Yeah. Mortal Kombat, and then. 
and like um, first person shooter stuff like Duke yeah. Nukem. It so went like through the, the, the whole and, evolution of yeah, video, of video games, games, just like Iron Maiden has gone through the whole yeah. evolution of metal. All yeah, because the, Iron Maiden you know, history and video game history they kind of right run up. concurrent like that. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Boy, we are uncovering some shit here today. Huh? <laughs> bet, you, bet you you guys listening never even thought of that. I hope they didn't pay a lot for that video because I could have come up with that. Oh, come on. It was cool, though. <laughs> That's a cool concept, though. Yeah, at least they put it, some work The thing it. about Maiden is they always take chances, and I hate bands that don't that are afraid to take chances. Yeah, they don't play it safe. And it seems like if you discount the Blaze years, which I don't blame that on Maiden. I mean, they didn't have a choice. What They had to earn a The living. thing about bands like that, though, is even if they put out a bad album, at least they put something out, and you at least still know they're around. Yeah. You know, but and I mean, there's always still a chance. With these long, these really long songs that are listed on this, does this make you wary about what you're going to hear? It does, it does, but... <laughs> maybe I mean, wait, maybe a little too experimental? Maybe, but we'll just have to see. Are we going to get their version of Nostradamus? Mm. Oh, man. No, I believe I read somewhere that... Bruce had heard Nostradamus and he wasn't a fan of it. Okay. Well, maybe that, maybe then they're in good hands. Then. So I don't know. But I don't think Bruce is that. Bruce is the kind of guy that if he wants to do something like that, he has the, the means and, and Steve Harris would probably let him. Right. He would let him do it on his own. I suppose yeah. he's like, no, no, so, not Maiden, but you go ahead yeah. and you'll do Because Steve Harris project. put out the British Lions right. album a couple years ago. No, I didn't like it. You know, that. they had plenty of time to yeah. for Bruce to do something else. So, was, no, I, I just, you know. I was not impressed with that album. But, I mean. I think at this point, all the members of Iron Maiden respect what Iron Maiden is. Yeah. You know, and if you want to do something too weird, you do it outside. Yeah, yeah. They, they seem pretty protective of their legacy. I don't yeah. think they're going to go too I mean, what about Adrian Smith? He put out that. What do you put uh, he put out a solo album a few years ago. Uh, I can't remember yeah. what it was called. I but don't even remember that. Nah, you don't need to. You don't need to it was bad. <laughs> do your weird stuff outside of the But band. that's the right. thing. At least yeah. Steve Harris says, okay, y'all go do that because yeah. it's crap and I don't want it on a Maiden album. Right. So they get that out of their system and then they come back and, and then focus. he it's makes them focus and do the good stuff for yeah. Maiden. Right. That's good. Well, that's, that's a, a good thing. Where, so you think that basically them and Judas Priest are kind of the hallmarks of... I would say that. Album. I would say that. Like... Yeah. I mean, Mr. Ian Wadley says, you know, mm. Black Sabbath invented it, but Judas Priest mm. perfected it. And I believe that it was Judas Priest and Iron Maiden that perfected it. Right. You know, they both took it to the next. And I really believe that in the early 80s, I mean, at one point, Maiden might have been surpassed Priest, and that made probably made Priest step their game up a little bit. Yeah, so they put Turbo out. You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, I don't know, I just... And I'm gonna have to listen to more because I've had a crazy week. But I mean, I'm I'm it piqued my interest enough to listen more to the catalog, and there's more there than you know what my initial thoughts were. Good, and, you know. Well, you'll hear certain, you know. I mean, it's not everything I've heard I've liked, but I never really just delved into it. So I'm gonna listen to the catalog. I know it's hard because it's a lot to go well, through. It's there's just, a lot there. A yeah. lot of it is getting into the the historical lyric stuff. I'm a simple guy. I don't, I, you know, I don't he wants need groupies. I yeah, want to hear like about talk dirty to me. Yeah, you don't want to hear rhyme of the ancient mariner. You're right. <laughs> I do. <laughs> there's a place for, but both. there's a place for all of it, you know, but maybe now that I'm older and more mature, I can get into it more, you know, but, um, so. so, but overall, Billy, I mean, I mean, how do you, I mean, so Iron Maiden's still up at the top of your, of your main is, I mean, third. Yeah. Third. Them and priest are, are, a, you know, tomorrow I might say priest if yeah. I'm in a priest mood, but I mean, more nine times out of ten, I would say Maiden is the 
not just my favorite, but the best metal band on the planet. And uh, and I'm talking metal. I'm not yeah. talking thrash metal. I'm right. not talking, you know, there's no way in the world that I would lump Metallica in with Maiden. Because they're not nowhere as good as Maiden. Oh, really? No. Okay. It's different. Different. Oranges and apples. Yeah. Oranges yeah, and apples. They don't fall in the same grouping. They splintered the tree of metal for a reason. Um, because it can't all go together. And I have to bring this up. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You think it's going to happen? No. No? Ever? They're British. They don't give a fuck about that. No. That's one band that's absolutely deserving. They don't care, dude. Yeah, it's just, but I mean, for their place in history, man. No. Come on, how can you? How would you? But not? they're so fucking stupid. You know, it's, just, it's the same old debate it. of they don't need you it. You know, stupid people that don't know any better haven't put Iron Maiden in the Hall of Fame yet. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, it's, it ain't ridiculous because they're stupid well, ass people a, that don't know no better. It's a clique of people, and they don't like that kind of music. Right. I think I honestly well, think that Bruce respects Deep Purple enough. Yeah, they because he knows where sure. they came from. Yeah, and if anybody was ever to do it. Yeah. It would be him that would say, "No, I'm not going in until, until Deep, Pur- Deep Purple, Purple does." does. Right. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, if it happened. that is. If and Deep Purple never will. We could get into that discussion, but Deep Purple will never be in the Hall of Fame. I think if you, you know, listen to the Decibel Geek podcast and you're like minded like us, and if you take that Hall of Fame thing even tiny bit seriously, mm. the biggest travesty in the whole entire freaking world is that Deep Purple's yeah. not in it. Well, I mean, Deep so Purple... Much is the Vegas. day they opened the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they Deep Purple should have been there. Been there. Yeah. yeah, They were like the Babe Ruth that should have been sure. automatically You know, in. and as long as we've bitched and waited and complained and finally Kiss goes in, and as big a Kiss fan as I am, damn, you know, Deep Purple should have been in way before well, Kiss But they even, fucked Kiss you know? over, though. Yeah. It was such a big fucking debacle. Well, so it's and, all about selling merchandise. And now that the whole thing's over, nobody talks about it anymore. No. no. So was like Nobody it, cares. That tells you how really insignificant it was. Right. It turned into a fucking. Well, that's a whole. I think they we'll just nominated Kiss finally because they knew they were going to yeah. get a bunch of press because well, of it. Well, right. bad or good, it doesn't matter. Let's hold off on the Kiss talk so, and we'll, right. we'll get you for some VIP stuff. But um, but for Iron Maiden, I think, you know, as I say, I'm not an expert, so I didn't I didn't provide much today. But Billy and Aaron certainly did because you guys know your stuff. Absolutely, one of the greatest rock bands to yeah, ever just, ever grace us. I'm glad with they're still around, awesomeness. and if they ever come around, because they don't. They yeah. don't come here a lot. That's when I random. saw them uh, two years ago when they were doing that Maiden England tour, they were only doing seven mm-hmm. dates across the states, and luckily Nashville was one of them. And I just basically told my wife, there's no way in hell I'm going to miss this show. Right. Awesome. That's just something that you don't want to do. So if you want to bone up on your Iron Maiden collection, go to decibelgeek.com, click on that Amazon link. Yeah. I gotta sell, so sell. But Billy, it's been fun having you on. It's awesome. been a, a long time coming, and uh, I'll get your hundred dollars on the way out. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> all right. So for this, you owe me. We're gonna do a trickster, oh, track by track. No. <laughs> you promised. And on that note, we'll see you guys next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 